As members of Congress, our first responsibility is to keep the American people safe. My whole career has been about keeping Americans safe. Now, many have accepted these rules, especially as immediately important to your safety. We must keep the American people safe. Please stay home and stay safe. The government's greatest responsibility is to keep Americans safe. Right? I mean, that's the key word Democrats have loved using over and over and over again since the COVID pandemic three years ago. Safe. We want to keep you safe. We're going to keep you safe from viruses, from the sniffles, wildfires, polluted air, gun violence. We want to keep your kids now safe from you, the unsafe parent. Except there's one document designed to keep all of us safe from tyrants like that. It is the one document the far left seems hell-bent on erasing from our lives and our country. And now, three years after the pandemic start, America's most dangerous Democrats are attacking our constitutional rights like never before. Tonight, I'm going to highlight just a few recent examples. Like California's latest legislation decided to des designed to control your children and New Mexico's terrifying move against our Second Amendment rights. COVID gave them the go-ahead, and now if we don't recognize the way they're inching closer and closer to tyranny, will there be an America in another three years? Or, for that matter, in another three months? Tonight, parental advisory, the explicit plot to control your kids. If, may I just start with this? I heard some sad, sad news. Uh, the, the trans person that was working for the Ukrainians, you know, and she was like, I'm going to give you such a slap if you're liking Putin. We're going to find you. We're going to kill you in America. You know that person? She was just let go. Now, I think pending an investigation, quite honestly, I don't know what they're investigating. Was she really going to kill people in America? Or is she even a she? Who knows? Hello, America. Uh, being a conservative in America right now, every day, every day seems a little like whack-a-mole. You know, every time there's a small victory over something insane from the left, another insane mole pops up. You're like, ah, 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 and you can't keep up with it. It's hard being an American trying to keep the U.S. from going over a cliff, especially with all these moles. People either don't care or they're part of the left-wing operation to actively destroy the nation. People got to start caring pretty soon. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sure, this is fun, but we're running out of time. The thing about liberty is that you continually have to stoke the flames. You have to pay attention. The left is always trying to snuff it out. Make sure you don't need to pay attention to this. We're going to keep you safe. Nationally, we're not even in the ballpark anymore of Lincoln's government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And by the way, you people are like, yeah, you know, Lincoln was the first one. We have, we've been under tyrants ever since. Give it a rest. Fundamental rights now are under attack. So I am sorry to report but this is not a victory lap day. This is another whack-a-mole day. And we got lots of moles to whack because we've had some over-the-top violations of basic American rights. Now, I know 
There's a lot of people in the audience, and maybe you were one of these people at one time. Maybe your teenage kids are one that will go, I've got rights, you know. Really, to find them. Where they come from, where are they enumerated? I just like to, I just like to know. And then they're like, I hate you. And then they go to their room. Unfortunately, that's not the way the American populace should behave. We're in a crucial time. Are we truly a nation of laws? Or are we a nation just of men? I believe we are a nation of laws, or at least can be once again. But more and more, it doesn't seem like we're going to be there. Uh, you can keep chiseling away at the foundation like the left is doing, but at some point, the moles have chipped away too much, and all of a sudden, you're on the cliff like wily e. Coyote. Remember when he goes, blink, blink? I want to start with this question. Who gets to raise your children? I know, I know. You bigot jumping right to you, me, the parent. Have you, have you considered it might be the government? I mean, I'm just saying, the answer used to be a no-brainer, but everything used to be a no-brainer. Apparently, they're dealing with a very different kind of no-brainer situations in California. I think a lot of people in California literally have no brain. It's an emergency, and you have to be aware of the emergency. Um, because, well, it's happening in California, maybe not in your state yet, but it will be soon. The state of California just passed a law that will require judges in child custody cases to consider whether parents support a child gender transition. And nothing, I know nothing, only complete affirmation will be allowed. <laughs> you know, who does that sound like? I'm trying... The state now thinks total affirmation is an integral part of a child, quote, of the child's health and safety and welfare. Now, a new law could result in a parent losing custody of their child. The law passed along strict party lines, 57 to 16 in the state assembly, and 30 to 9 in the state senate. <laughs> It's, it's got to be those damn Republicans with the nine people in the Senate that have screwed that whole state up. I'm telling you that right now. Now, the law was initiated by Assemblywoman Lori Wilson, who has a transgender child, or she thinks she does. Here she is instructing us about our parental duty. Listen. What's mentioned in the law is the child's gender identity and expression and the parents affirmation of that whatever it is uh -huh. because that is our duty as parents to affirm our children she's right you know now some would say that's the dumbest parenting advice you'll ever hear not me not me i take it from the bald woman there <clears throat> i don't listen to anybody has shaved their head, unless they're a man, really, or, you know, had some brain surgery or something. My daughter has had that, and I listen to her. But, no, if you think that's a good look on you, mm -mm. Anyway, uh, affirm your children. Affirm your children. So when my son said, I'm a firefighting unicorn, that's right, you are, Rafi. 
You are a firefighting unicorn, and, and water is, your horn is like a, a hydrant, and it just sprays out water and sprinkles, too. Yeah, sometimes it is important to affirm your child, like, hey, good job. No, don't give up. Other times, I think it's a parent's duty to go, no, you don't know what you're talking about. See me? I'm this big. See you? You're this big. You don't know a lot of stuff yet. Now, according to Lori Wilson and the state of California, you have to affirm the most permanent, completely life-altering thing a kid can possibly do to themselves if they decide, you know what? I'm a woman. I don't have to pull this shirt out very much because I'm practically at the bra stage at this point, and it's not because I'm a woman. I'm just fat. But don't you dare judge me. It's perfectly healthy. Watch, I could have a heart attack by the end of the show. Um, so if they want to change their gender, you can't say anything. And that position is now being accepted and promoted across all of the left, including the White House. To parents of transgender children, mm. affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. Can't believe we, we have we have the crypt keeper. Notice the consistent language, however, when you could make it out. To keep them safe and healthy. Can I just point out they're not going to be healthy for long once you start, you know, clipping things off or sewing things on and hormone injections? I'm just saying. California State Senator Scott... I can't. I'm just saying it. Senator from California, Scott Weiner added the affirmation part of the new law. Senator Weiner said it is vaguely defined to leave options open for using it against parents. Scott Weiner is the guy who also created the bill last year that made California a so-called sanctuary state for transgender kids from other states. Now, this new law should alarm and discuss everyone uh, in America for the way it will let the state override the private family life and parenting decisions. I know the th I think about this all the time when we're having a conversation. How should we use the parenting? You know, what do we do here? What do we do? I immediately think, man, I wish I had a giant fat wiener to tell me exactly what to do. In California, you've got plenty of them. Now, there's a long history of Supreme Court decisions upholding parental rights. There they are. Lots of them. California law has to be challenged all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, where it can be thrown into the trash heap of history is kind of an important thing. I'd like it thrown there right next to the Supreme Court, their trash can. The key part of California law is the vague affirmation requirement. They're making non-affirmation a crime by tying it directly to abuse. <laughs> yes, Johnny. Yes. You are a sprinkle-spewing, fire-fighting unicorn. You are. You are. Did you ever see that episode where the little boy in the Twilight Zone and he was like, Oh, don't make me mad, pink, and they were gone. Maybe we could get the state to do that. If our kids go like, I want you gone. We disappear into a prison. The left shows its hand in order to um, 
keep parents from knowing about if their child expresses transgender feelings at school. Why would you ever keep that a secret? Well, because you're so judgmental. Really? Were you for my kid doing a a book report on the Bible? I'm trying to remember. Was it you that had the problem with that one? They do it because their default assumption is that parents might object to their child's feelings. (gasps) And you know what? Some of us would. And we might even try to talk to our own children and say, Don't make this decision now, maybe when you're older, okay? Don't, don't switch your biological sex. You know why? Because daddy says you can't actually do it. Yeah, not scientifically possible. But you keep talking about the magic beans with your teacher. Anyway, they want to keep it a secret from parents because they're hell-bent on rubber stamping the child all the way through the medical procedures to complete the so-called transition. Why? Maybe it's less babies. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's because it'll be more suicide. I don't know why they do it, but they're doing it. By the way, in a sane world, adults trying to keep secrets with children, they're usually called groomers, and they're dangerous. If this law is not properly challenged, we already have a picture of what it will lead to. A Canadian father in British Columbia who opposed his teenage daughter's attempt to transition to a boy went to prison for violating court orders. Well, it'll never be like that. I mean, Canada is so different. than A judge declared him guilty of family violence for repeatedly uh, referring to his daughter as she. Oh, will the violence not stop? He was ordered to stop trying to persuade his daughter away from hormone treatments and stop referring her to her by her birth name. The court also instructed him not to speak publicly about the case. I love that when they do that. They punish you and don't ever say anything about her. Punish you even more. I want him to disappear. The father spoke out because he was desperate to save his daughter. Did it work? No. He was arrested, sent to prison, and only recently has had his sentence reduced to time served plus probation in case he's got another kid. Now, don't think for a second that California's anti-parent law will stay in California because it won't. California often rams through crazy progressive policy that much of the nation is like, the Californians are doing it. We should do it. It's really smart. You're already seeing the same subversive anti-parent agenda in other states recently in Colorado. Teachers Union. Oh, I love these people. They told members to quietly survey their students about transgender feelings using paper and pencil so the results wouldn't leave a digital trail, wink, wink, and better keep the secret from parents. Oh, I feel so comfortable about sending my kids to school now. An email also instructed the teachers to, quote, make your notations about students and not hold on to the documents, but they sent this one in an email. In Maryland last month, a judge ruled that parents do not have the fundamental right to opt out of elementary school's curriculum in which the teachers read aloud from gender and sexually focused books and direct class discussions on the topic. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I can tolerate that because they didn't mind when, when, you know, the teacher said, hey, let's read something from the Bible. It's indoctrination! Oh, what's the difference here? One of the books that they like to read is called Born Ready, the true story of a boy named Penelope. Oh, it sounds like a Johnny Cash song. If Johnny Cash had been insane, it's a book about a five-year-old girl who thinks she's a boy. Now she's not. Now, there is a glimmer of hope in this war on parents. Republican Bill uh, Saley is a freshman member of the California Assembly, and he is doing something that is a great model that maybe we should follow. Now, it didn't take long for him to realize it's not going anywhere. No, there's no common sense left in California. Republicans are just simply too outnumbered in the legislature there, and most of the Republicans there are probably frauds anyway. But it couldn't even get a committee hearing for his parent notification bill. Even though a re recent Rasmussen poll shows 84% of Californians would support such a bill. So who are these guys representing? You? I'm sorry, I was assuming somebody had the sense to watch this program in California. So instead, he created a model parental notification policy that school boards can pass at the local level. Six districts in California have adopted it so far. But democracy is under a threat. Yeah, it is. California's attorney general is going after one of those districts for adopting his policy. The AG's filing claims that notifying parents would be discriminating towards certain students and subject them to, quote, mental, emotional, psychological, but potentially physical harm. Now, notice how the DOJ in California twists notifying parents into what he calls a forced outing. What kind of cartoon world are these people living in? These attacks from the left against parents and children are relentless. Resistance is futile. No, it's really, it's really not. Resistance needs to be relentless. After a quick break, what is the dumbest violation of the Constitution? You know, just in the last few days. Next. So effective immediately, no person other than a law enforcement officer or licensed security officer shall possess a firearm either openly or concealed. I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. And... and and, and you know what? If you've had enough liquor, she, that makes sense to her and what she believes her oath is. So the Constitution just doesn't matter anymore when a Democrat in her position says so. I like the way she talked down to all of us, too. Didn't you, kids? You know, it's an emergency. It's a public health crisis. Yeah, that way she can invoke additional powers. <gasps> I wonder if she has the power to fly. And no constitutional right is intended to be absolute. No, I, I think she's wrong there. But I'm glad she cleared it up because a lot of us have been thinking the opposite this whole time. Constitutional rights are absolute. But apparently it's a much more fluid kind of like gender. 
It's a fluid situation with your rights. You could have them, but if I don't like what you're doing, then I can take them from you. <laughs> and you don't have them. Wow, I love the way this works. It depends on whose view uh, is in power. You know what I'm saying? That's the tricky thing about this. You start playing loosey-goosey with the Constitution, and you got problems if it ever flips power. Yeah. Let's talk about that. If no constitutional right is absolute, as the governor of New, York, New Mexico believes, then we're done. And more and more people think that is the view. Okay? The real crisis here is just how common this is becoming to the left to dismiss the Constitution, the rights, and the Constitution itself. In fact, just this weekend, CNN aired this interview over the weekend with two Harvard professors. They were lamenting that that darn Constitution it just gets in the way of this democracy. Republic, we need to... We need to get that thing out so we can have some order and be like the rest of the world. Here they are. Watch. Since its founding, uh, we've improved the Constitution. We've, we've done the hard work of making our Constitution more democratic. Uh, you know, women got the right to vote at the beginning of the 20th century by amending the Constitution. We began to elect senators rather than appoint senators at the beginning of the 20th century. And our democracy has, stra has strengthened itself over time through amendments, through improving it. What's tragic in our view is that in the last 50 years, we've sort of stopped doing that work. The founders set up our system of government to be a breaking system on the kind of democracy the left wants because they understood human nature. They knew if you were afraid, we got to do something and they can talk you into anything. So the Constitution is supposed to slow that down. Popular rule ends up trampling individuals. The Constitution is not the problem. Hear me out. The Constitution is the solution. How do I know that? They rhyme. Fortunately, there are still public officials who have some respect for the Constitution. So last week, a federal judge temporarily brought, blocked the New Mexico governor's order. The sheriff of the county affected by the order issued a statement in opposition to the governor's order. He reads the rights a little differently. And New Mexico's attorney general, he's like, I promise to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States and of the state of New Mexico, uh, you know, from all, all people, foreign and domestic. He released a statement saying, Simply put, I don't believe that the emergency order will have any meaningful impact on public safety. But more importantly, I don't believe it passes the constitutional muster. Now, you think that before taking on the Bill of Rights, a governor might check with the attorney who's like right next to her office. But she did not because she didn't care that it's illegal and unconstitutional. Ted Lieu, he's a U.S. representative from California. He was one of the few Democrats that objected publicly. He tweeted, quote, I support gun safety laws. However, this order from the governor of New Mexico violates the U.S. Constitution. No state in the union can suspend the federal constitution. And first I said, wow, that's great. And then I saw, oh, wait a minute, that's Ted Lieu. What do I, I must be wrong. And then I realized, no, 
He's only saying that because it's going to play into something they're doing later. Anyway, despite all the opposition, Governor Lujan Grisham dug in on her belief that she somehow has the right to ignore parts of the U.S. Constitution. Do you think you're on solid constitutional ground here? Well, um, we're going to see. I mean, oh. look, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think I had the right. I have the but right. Where is the right? Where is the in right? In the state of New Mexico, public health, it's a suspension. It's not a ban. Mm -hmm. I love this, whoever that was on CNN. I don't know because I never watch it. But she actually pulled out the Constitution and was like, I know I read it today. It's not in there. It's mind-blowing that a governor of a U.S. state can think she can just do away with a constitutional right on her whim. Her decree shows total disdain for the law. It's also just really dumb because she's apparently not thinking of all the way the other leaders in her position could use the version of a hall pass to do whatever they want, maybe in ways that might offend her progressive sensibilities. For example, what if, what if a Republican governor of New Mexico decided that there was a public health emergency because too many babies were being aborted. So he's suspending all abortions in violation of New Mexico state law. Now, Governor Lujan Grisham and her team clearly didn't think this one through. Side note, New Mexico averages 389 gun deaths per year. So far in New Mexico, just through the first six months of this year, 9,420 abortions have happened. Oh, wait. That sounds like a bigger loss of life and a bigger... Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how you define life. <gasps> wait a minute, wait a minute. It's all coming together like a brilliant mosaic. If I'm saying what is the definition of life... Well, I can define it my way. She can define it her way. Constitution, I can define it my way. She can find it. That's what it means to be an originalist. You look back to what the original writer meant by that. Like God, when he said life. What did he mean by that? Maybe we can, we can pass an amendment to change that, I don't think he's in that business, but the original intent of the Second Amendment didn't mean, you know, unless there's a health crisis or we just want to. And so you could amend that. You can because there is a process. So why don't they just do that? It's tough. You know why it's tough? Because it requires people to vote. Governor Lujan Grisham said she expected her decree to be challenged, which she means she knew she was violating the Constitution, yet decided to go ahead with it anyway. But she's simply following President Biden's lead with this strategy. Remember when he admitted that he didn't have a legal right to extend the eviction moratorium and he did it anyway? See, this is the problem with capital D democracy that the left always talks about now. It's all about ramming through their current popular opinion without regard for the rule of law, especially if the law is inconvenient to my agenda. Another stunning unconstitutional attack came from the Biden White House. 
in pressuring social media companies to block views that the White House objected to on topics like COVID origins, masks, vaccines, lockdown, the Hunter Biden laptop, climate change, mail-in voting, and election integrity. Now, fortunately, the attorney generals from uh, Missouri and Louisiana sued the White House, and the discovery process revealed a ton of evidence of ways that Team Biden sought to censor free speech, another protected right. Even when the social media companies knew that the suppressed information was true. The most recent court ruling mentions, quote, Privately, the officials were not shy in their request. They asked the platforms to remove posts ASAP and accounts immediately and to slow down or demote content. In uh, doing so, the officials were persistent and angry. When the platforms didn't comply, officials followed up by asking why posts were still up. How does something like this even happen? What good is flagging it if it doesn't result in content moderation? I don't know why you guys can't figure this out. You're hiding the ball while demanding assurances. I want assurances that these posts are being taken down. And more importantly, the officials threatened both expressly and implicitly to retaliate against inaction. Now, that doesn't sound like fascism, does it? Yeah. Federal District Court Judge Terry Doty calls this case the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. But does anybody care? No, apparently not. The case will probably end up before the Supreme Court, which on numerous occasions has affirmed broad protection for political free speech. In 20, uh, 2002, the decision, in a decision then, the court confirmed, quote, the First Amendment means the government has no power to restrict expression because of its message, its ideas, its subject matter, or its content. Have you ever heard me say, you can't have that opinion? How dare you say that? I've defended dirt balls. I defended people on this program that say horrific things. They have a right to. I also have a right to go, yeah, that guy, not so much. Now, granted, as private companies, these social media companies can restrict content from their own platforms. But the First Amendment violation stems from the White House telling what these companies can do, what they need to do, who and what to censor. But fortunately, in July, Judge Doty issued a preliminary injunction against the White House and several federal agencies, blocking them from communicating further with social media companies on free speech issues. In the judge's 155-page opinion, he warned that, quote, The United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth. But Team Biden is going ahead. You know, their attack on the First Amendment. Last Thursday, they appealed the federal court's injunction. And get this, they're arguing that the court is actually violating their free speech. Their application says, quote, A central dimension of presidential power is to use the office's bully pulpit to seek to persuade Americans and American companies to act in ways the president believes would be to advance the public interest. Yeah, now I don't remember the bully pulpit part of the Constitution at all, 
Um, and you can talk from behind that pulpit all you want. You just can't call up people and say, I'm going to make your life a living hell. That's the difference. Even if the injunction works, the damage is already done, and it looks like the previous White House pressure on social media companies is more than enough to keep them in lockstep with Biden for a while. Meta's new Twitter-like platform called Threads, for example, just uh, announced that it will block potentially sensitive keywords, potentially like COVID or vaccine. We can't search for those things. Meanwhile, the White House obviously has no plans to alter its influence campaign. Just last week, the White House asked multiple big media outlets to ramp up their scrutiny of House Republicans to oppose the Biden impeachment inquiry. Or else! <laughs> this is why so many people don't trust major institutions in American life anymore. Because... We know what they're doing. We know they're in bed with people, either out of fear or they're gladly on the bandwagon. These rights violations keep happening. It's not some conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy fact. And when conspiracy facts keep piling up, it spawns more conspiracy theories. Distrust festers and grows. Back in a minute with the left's obsession with... <laughs> It's an emergency! The COVID pandemic in 2020 gave these aspiring tyrants a taste of what is possible. Would New Mexico's governor even consider escalating the tragic shooting of a death of a child into a public health emergency if she didn't have the pandemic model to follow? 2020 helped cement emergencies as the go-to strategy for Democrats. And I warn you, because we don't know the Constitution and can't defend it, emergencies are going to be, you know, really important in the future. The urgent language they use always incorporates emergency, health, or safety. The new California law I told you about earlier ties a parent's affirmation of their child's transgender status to a child's health and safety. Now, with this strategy, they can turn almost anything into an emergency, like they've been doing to convince us that racism is a public health crisis. The Biden White House is leading the charge of these so-called emergency measures. Remember Biden's student loan debt cancellation scheme? He tried to justify the action under the 2003 HEROES Act, which was supposed to assist borrowers serving in the military after September 11th. The Biden White House stretched it to apply to any national emergency, including the left's favorite one, the COVID pandemic. The Supreme Court finally called, uh, called it out for the garbage of overreach that it was. But it won't stop. That dumpster fire is still burning. Democrats are trying to uh, operate in this emergency zone where they actually thrive. You might recall earlier this year, Team Biden considered declaring a public health emergency to help women get abortions after the Supreme Court reversed Roe versus Wade. Now, if you want to do that for the kids that they're killing, maybe. The recent wildfires in Maui renewed the left's pressure on Biden to declare a national climate emergency. Now, that would be a total nightmare because when everything is an emergency and 
climate ties to everything. There's almost no aspects of your life that is off limits from government control. And this would be on par with previous wartime emergencies. Good thing, whew, we don't have one of those on the horizon. The left is racing down this climate emergency track with their media partners beating the drum. Every day, there are headlines like this. Conditions on Earth may be moving outside the safe operating space for humanity. Yeah, there's that magic word again, safe. This is our national problem. These strategies never get put back into the box, and they've expanded over time. Just last week, Stanford epidemiologist Dr. Jay uh, Bacharia, who is one of the plaintiffs in the First Amendment case against the Biden administration, wrote this, and I quote, I am grateful for the resilience of the U.S. Constitution, which has withstood this challenge. But I can never go back to the uncomplicated faith and naive confidence I had in America when I was young. Our government is not immune to the authoritarian impulse. I've learned the hard way that it is only we, the people, who must hold an overreaching government accountable for violating our most sacred rights. Without our vigilance, we will lose them. And the heavens open up. More than anything else, the founders feared executive tyranny. So should we. Progressives can't help themselves. They've always believed that our rights come from the government, but that's wrong. We have certain inalienable rights from our creator. Most Americans don't know any of our founding documents anymore, and we are witnessing the disastrous results of this deficiency. On my program in the coming weeks on television and radio, I'm going to talk like the governor of New Mexico and we're going to go over the Constitution. Unalienable means something that is not transferable, something that is incapable of being taken away or denied. If constitutional rights can be put on hold, then they're not unalienable. They're optional. Rights cannot be suspended at will or left up to subjective judgment of those in power. Our nation was founded by those who understood the importance of protecting individual freedom because they lived what we're about to live. We must defend and preserve that legacy. It's a never-ending struggle, even in America. Next, I want to introduce you to the California Assemblyman I told you about earlier who's standing up for parental rights in kind of a hostile environment. He's next. Bill Asaley is the guy I told you about earlier in the program. He's a Republican member of the state, uh, California State Assembly. He represents the 63rd district within Riverside County. He's a former federal prosecutor, and he's doing something in California that I think is a great model to follow, especially for conservatives living in blue states that might feel powerless in their power struggle for parental rights and common sense protection for their children in public school. Assemblyman uh, Useli is with us now. Welcome. Welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Glenn. Happy to be on. So you were just elected, weren't you, recently? <laughs> yes, I am in my first term in the assembly uh, as of January this year. What's wrong with you? Why would you do that? <laughs> I, get, I get that question a lot. Yeah. And I think 
the difference between me and your typical legislator up here is I sort of I know my purpose. Um, I, I have a career, I have a profession, um, and I know why I'm here. It's a public service. And I think our founding fathers were always worried about a ruling political class. And I and I feel like that's sort of what we're we're getting um, in our government. I mean, I don't know if people are hearing you. He was. This is a California assemblyman. He's making sense. So um, you couldn't even get a hearing for your bill. So you went a mm -hmm. different way. You decided to go to the local school boards and empower the the school board and the parents to be able to make this decision themselves, right? Now the Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, so basically what happened is they they have a supermajority here. The LGBT caucus uh is extremely radical and wield a lot of power in here and a lot of people are afraid of them, even Democrats, especially mm -hmm. our party because they will retaliate. So they denied me a hearing. They said my bill was so dangerous, this parental rights issue, so dangerous, so reckless, so harmful. We cannot even give it a hearing. And so I said, okay, if they're going to shut me up in Sacramento, that's fine, but they can't shut me up at the local level. So I worked with some groups and we drafted a model school board policy and we got some good lawyers because I, I know the law and I know that we live in a constitutional republic and we have rights. And so I believe at the end of the day, when this makes it to the Supreme Court, they will reaffirm that children are the domain of their parents and the government doesn't get to decide where and when you get to be involved in raising your children. That's not how this works. It's a scary, so, it's a scary world, a really scary world. And, and now the attorney general is coming after at least one of the school districts, right? Yes, and I say, bring it on. This is a fight we want. We're not afraid of it. It's a fight we want because it does two things. One, it exposes the radical left's agenda. And I want them to go on record and double down that they're against parents. Uh, so we can run on this in the next election. And secondly, I want the fight because I know that we have the law on our side and we will ultimately succeed. And it's important that people see conservatives winning, uh, not just complaining. And this is a way we can win. This is a this is a great issue. I welcome it. And we what we're up for the challenge. What's amazing is you're in the majority. I mean, well, you minority are in the minority. <laughs> no, but this topic, the majority, I think I quoted earlier, 89 percent say mm -hmm. this is in California say that parents should have a, a right. They're the ones who raise their uh, children. Can you tell me why are they so adamant of destroying the parent-child uh, mm. relationship? Why is this so visceral to them? Well, if you, if you understand socialism and Marxism, you know you have to destroy the family unit. And this is just another part of their indoctrination campaign. So they've basically indoctrinated, I think, all the adults they're going to get. Everyone's locked in their place. They're making a play for the next generation. And if they can convince children that they can, you know, pick their gender at an early age, I think they can convince them of almost anything. And the last thing they want is parents getting in the way of their programming and uh, uh, and raising their kids in a, in a way that may not align with their values. So what you propose to different school districts, is that up online where anybody can find it? And where do they find it? Yes, they can always follow us. We're on all the social medias at Bill Asaley. And then we created a website, which is caparentalrights.com. Okay. It's got a sample school board policy. It's got legal memos from constitutional lawyers. We have lawyers lined up ready to defend school board members willing to, to implement this policy and take it on. And then there's a toolkit for parents and how they can get involved at the local level. Okay, so I've got less than a minute, about 30 seconds. Um, AB 957 just passed along mm -hmm. California lines. This puts teeth into this. Are you foreseeing a time when California will be arresting parents and putting them in prison like in British Columbia? 
it's not it's not another realm of possibility. We we are just a couple elections away from losing our republic. I hope people realize that. I, that's why I ran because I felt like I I didn't have a choice. My parents fled Lebanon mm. to come to the best country in the world, and I'm not going to let that deteriorate under my watch. So people need to get up, wake up. Good for you. And get involved. Thank you so much for everything you're doing in California. God bless you. Uh, Thank you. I will tell you. He said, you know, we're going to lose our country in the next two elections if they don't wake up. I'm like, oh, I remember when I was young and optimistic, too. We'll see you tomorrow on radio from Dallas. Good night, America.